Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is what works in managing in 2023. A fabulous topic, and I'm excited to have our expert today is Ralph Remy. He is the Director of Digital Client Experience at National MI. Thanks, Ralph, for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me, Pat. It's a pleasure to be on with you. Well, this is an exciting topic for me because it's so important, I think, for success in mortgage banking. But before we move on to the topic itself, let's talk about how did you get into the world of mortgage banking? Well, I think, uh, as everybody likes to say, I kind of fell into it. I, I was working at a bank where a small community bank down in South Florida, where the branch manager on the retail banking side was actually also the mortgage loan officer. Oh. Uh, so the, the bank would actually take initiative when you're an assistant manager to start training you on the mortgage business. Looking at our world today and how <laughs> training goes in regards to getting people in the business, I actually say I'm a little bit fortunate that they actually had a little bit of a plan put together to help train you as you got ready to start originating. Well, you were lucky. <laughs> <That's for> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, talk about a little bit some of the challenges that you have in your current position. Well, in my current role, I would say uh, just kind of looking at it from the perspective of, you know, the market's changing. So trying to just stay ahead of what's coming in our industry, especially from a training and digital perspective. I oversee all of training within National MI and our our digital engagement from a client experience standpoint. So just understanding also the digital world is consistently evolving. We know technology changes by the minute. So just trying to stay ahead of that by attending conferences, both in person and virtual, not only within our industry, but looking at outside our industry and what type of technology and training methods are being used outside of the mortgage space that can be really brought into the mortgage space to help our industry. Well, that leads to the next question. What really does make a lot of that's uh, perfect for it is how do you st- how do you stay current? So it sounds like you attend a lot of conferences and how what other types of things do you access? Uh, well, you know, uh, also for example, things outside our business. I, I attended the training conference this past year. I was lucky enough to receive an award this past year at Emerging Training Leader by Training Magazine. Oh. So attend those type of conferences to understand both from a sales, but even a leadership perspective, what are people doing outside of our industry that works that we can bring in and help from that perspective as well. Well, that's really a good strategy for sure. That leads me to the next question. What type of trends since we're getting near the end of the year do you see in 2023 that mortgage bankers need to be aware of? Well, I think in terms of trends, It's an overused term, but it's back to basics, as they say. I think how many times over our careers, Pat, have we heard that? But we've been so into the refi, you know, mentality over the last couple of years that we need to get back to really going out there, establishing relationships. Hopefully you never let go of those relationships so you're not starting anew. I like to say relationships matter both internally and externally. And I think that's something that mortgage bankers really need to address uh, this coming year and also just the the client experience you know we're we're really facing as an industry where we're being compared to 
the type of experiences consumers have in other businesses in you know in the world so we're being compared to how do we respond how quickly to respond compared to amazon who tells you your mm -hmm. package is 10 stops away well how does that compare to what type of updates you're giving in the in the mortgage space uh, within a process flow of a of a file so those are the things that I think people really need to keep an eye on is what is your experience and how are you building relationships, maybe compared to what the expectations of our clients are? Well, I think that's a good that that leads into really our question for today. Our main topic is talking about managing in 2023. As you well know, and I know we've had this conversation before, Sometimes managing hasn't been as valued as it has been as far as sales is concerned. Um, so what are you seeing for next year? Do we need, are we going to get serious on this topic that leaders do matter? Well, I sure hope so. <laughs> you know, it's a very big passion for me, as you know, Pat. We have really put a big focus, not just at National MI and what we're doing with our team members internally, but giving back to our clients in terms of really putting a focus on leadership and managing we all know that many a times, you know, you're a top producer today and now you're given a team to lead and things are going well when business is abundant. But now what happens when the market turns? And, and I'm really hoping that uh, we can take a, a quick, I don't want to say a timeout, but a step back a moment and help our managers really, you know, lead, coach, develop, but teach them how to do those things uh, because as the market has shifted, many of their team members are now looking at them for help. And, mm -hmm. and, and we need to be able to equip those managers and leaders to be able to help their team rather than telling them what to do because they've been top producers in the past. What may, what may have worked for them may not work for a member of their team. So I like to say, don't tell them. We got to show them how to guide them. And, and that's really a big focus, I think, this year for our leaders and, and hopefully everybody's starting to buy in to help because I really believe in the top down approach of if our leaders are doing it and are equipped slowly but surely, the team will also be equipped and ready to be successful. So when you look at the topics, I know when we had a discussion that you were saying that leadership was a very popular series for you. What was specifically the types of issues that seemed to be resonating with the people that were attending? Well, a couple things come to mind. Number one is just understanding what type of leader or manager are you today and who do you want to be into the future? I think a, a lot of times we, we talk about and think about the skill sets but don't sometimes think about what type of person are you and what type of personality do you have? So we've done a couple of different webinars and series on understanding or, you know, what type of leader are you? Are you somebody that tells? Are you somebody that kind of is always the person's best friend and can never deliver bad news, if you will? Sometimes the bad news helps a person grow and develop into where we need them to go. Are you always the person kind of you know, highlighting the negative things and never have anything positive to say, always telling somebody what they did wrong. You know, that's not a good way to go either. So I like to call it, you know, being a guide. And I mentioned that earlier where you're guiding people by asking questions, by helping them develop themselves. And you're guiding them where, yes, sometimes you do have to give them some bad news and, and you know, kind of constructive criticism, but also give them the good news and give them that positive reinforcement when things are going well. 
that's one part of it. And then the second part is really centered around coaching and coaching for development, coaching for performance, where you're helping develop your team, seeing where their opportunities are, where their opportunities to grow from a production standpoint, from a professional standpoint, from a relationship building standpoint. How do you help your team members grow? Or do you schedule one-on-ones on a regular basis, whether it's weekly or bi-weekly? You have to understand and know your motivators and your drivers for your team members. And some people you may need to meet with them once a month and it's okay. You're both good. You know, maybe it's your top performer, but guess what? Your top performers need coaching too. They're actually the ones that want the coaching because that's what's made them the top performers they are. And then those that still need to grow, you need to meet with them on a regular basis and help guide them toward, you know, through this, this market that we're currently experiencing in today's world. It's music to my ears. I mean, I agree with you 100% <laughs> of what you're talking about. And when you look at 2023, I know you do lots of surveys and so forth. What type of, let's say, the development side and the leadership side of it, what type of managing seems to be that they're most interested in? Well, a couple of things. You know, I, I was actually quite pleasantly surprised that there was a big planning component. So, you know, I think everybody immediately thinks coaching and Mm -hmm. developing and and really helping their team grow is what everybody wants to to learn about or or, or really get some practice on. And, And that is true. We do get a lot of requests for that. But there was something about planning. We had a planning webinar not too long ago, maybe within the last month or two. And we really talked about how do you help your leaders plan out what your upcoming doesn't necessarily have to be your upcoming year, even though we are approaching the end of the year and we should be thinking about business plans. But even just thinking about how do you plan your next quarter and and planning it from a team perspective, not just an individual perspective. And it really gave leaders a, a whole different level of thought process on how do I strategize as a whole a little bit more globally than it is? It's no longer really all about me as my own as my own producer and promoter. It's more about us and how do we all win together and how do I put a plan for all of us to win? Well, you see, obviously, many lenders across the country. What type of topics are they focusing on internally? Are you seeing a lot of management focus or, or not? Uh, not really. I mean, most of the focuses we see is around production. So sure. helping the sales team. Of course, you know, most companies will focus on their internal systems using their, you know, their LOS, using mm-hmm. some of their other systems to help them pr- produce and, and understand their internal systems, uh, mm-hmm. like their pricing engines and whatnot. But most of it has to do with product, you know, helping their salespeople sure. grow. Really, leadership a lot of time takes a back seat. And I think that's why we're getting such, you know, really a, it's such a positive response to what we brought out. We, we really rolled this out, Pat, last year as a trial. It, it's something I'm very passionate about, as, as you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want to bring something out and let's see what type of response we get. Well, we, we rolled it on the second quarter of last year and had a very good response to the to the point where, as the year progressed, we kept being asked, are you going to bring that back? Well, we rolled it out in the first quarter this year and had a 70% increase in the wow. attendance. And it, it just told us we hit something here. And all the surveys kept saying, we want more of this. And as we brought it back now to the point where we almost pretty much have a leadership focused topic at least once a month. 
Mm-hmm. And, it, and it continues to be highly attended. I would say, except for our self-employed income uh, training, which <laughs> is always the most popular out there, no matter how many times we talk about it, our leadership webinars have really taken that number two spot, really getting a lot of attention from our clients out there. Well, that's terrific that you're doing that because it's so sorely needed within the industry for sure. And there really is not a lot of effort in that space. So I do think you really have hit on a really important topic for sure. But when you move forward, this issue of managing remotely, has that become something that people are interested in knowing how to do or or talk about that? Absolutely. I mean, I think in our industry, we've had many remote type of workers. I mean, we've always had an office, Mm -hmm. but think about How often do you really get together with your team? Maybe you got together uh, once a week for a team meeting, and we're seeing some of that come back and happening now, but you still have remote meetings, remote one-on-ones. So the good part is, is that we've always been able to work kind of remotely in Mm -hmm. one way, shape, or form in our industry. You're always having your salespeople out and about within your respective markets, but now it's how do you have these deeper conversations in a remote environment. I'm a very big proponent of getting on video, turning on the camera so you can see each other eye to eye if you can't get together in person. There's there's really a, a big differentiator as far as the connectivity with someone when you're able to look at them in the eye, even on a video, in a one-on-one conversation to help develop them. And, and that's something I really press forward when we have our conversations during our training sessions as well is use the opportunity to get on video. If you can't get in person, you, you need to still stay in touch with them. Now, as a manager, you have to be intentional in how you're communicating, how you're reaching out to your team. I remember when I used to be a manager and I was producing and I had my team, I made it a point to kind of just reach out to every member of my team once a day. Sometimes it was a quick, hello, how's it going? And other times it was a more intentional conversation, but it's a way to stay connected. But you you as a manager have to take that initiative and be intentional in your reach out. So have you seen, I'm just curious, and I agree with you 100%, but I just see it from the training classes that we do that that people aren't, they seem still to be hesitant to get on video for some reason. Is that what you're seeing when you're conducting webinars? We do at times. It's kind of 50-50. Some people, Mm -hmm. I think it's become more accepted or more the norm that people are expecting to be on camera. So we are getting more, but you still have those that are still a bit shy or a bit just hesitant. But kind of what what I will tell everybody is that's the future of where we're headed. The good part with the pandemic is it made people realize that we have to have this type of communication channel. And many of the things that have come on while some of the in-person things are back, and that's great because there's nothing beats an in-person interaction and relationship builder. But in the absence of that, the video really takes a close second to that opportunity. And, and I think slowly but surely we're getting there where more and more people just know that that's the expectation. And I think that's kind of anytime I have a conversation with anybody, that's the expectation is mm-hmm. my camera's on and and whoever I'm meeting with, their camera should be on too. That's a good point. So you have been attending and looking at other industries. I'm curious on what are you seeing in other industries that really kind of show how they are using training in this world and also the management training side of it? What, what are you seeing that other folks are doing that maybe we should be doing in the mortgage banking space? 
It's interesting because there's not a huge difference in what they should be doing. I think there's a lot more of a conscience effort that they are doing it. And I think that's the big differentiator is a lot of companies outside the mortgage industry have put an intentional effort to create leadership development programs where they t- they identify people within their respective organizations to help create leadership development to help start training them before they even get into those leadership roles, where a lot of times in the mortgage side of things, we we give you the leadership role or the management position and title, and then it's either try to figure it out or that's when we start trying to teach them and prep them for their role. So uh, that I think is the big differentiator is they tend to start getting them ready before putting them in the role where we kind of are doing it as we go. <laughs> it's kind of like we're, we're changing the tires while on the road. <laughs> right, right, for sure. So that leads to that issue, what you really are talking about, and is this a trend that you see, that career pathing is we can't, we talk about it all the time, but we really, as not just the mortgage industry, but other industries, we don't really do that. But as we move into a population issue of actually, I think in the last few years, the population of the potential workers has actually decreased. So getting staff is going to be increasingly hard. And that leads to this issue that we have to do more with who we have. And that's career pathing. And what are your thoughts on that? I fully agree with you, Pat. Career pathing is a very big item that we really need to address as an industry. There's an opportunity there. And as you know, we always have had a retention issue in our industry. And career pathing has been known to be a big retention Mm -hmm. uh, builder as far as organizations are concerned, because if if employees and team members feel that you're investing in them, they're going to be more loyal to you. I think it is something that we need to, as an industry, put together, but it really starts with really investing in learning and development. I was just reading a report by LinkedIn Learning just this past week where there has been such a very big investment in learning and development throughout the country and really throughout the world over the past year or two since the pandemic happened. And the number one thing that they are looking at is leadership development. That is the number one item that everybody's looking at. So I think the the focus is there. Now it's as an industry, how do we make that a priority? Knowing that, yes, we still have to produce, we still have to get our origination numbers there in order to be, you know, get get that business and, and bring in the revenue, but taking a time out at the same time and investing in that development of not just our leaders, but future leaders, so we can retain them and that way they don't become future leaders in another organization. So when you look at training itself. And how is that changing? What are some of the things that you see going forward that will be things that we really haven't done in training? Certainly remote webinars and all of that has certainly become more accepted. But what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think there's a, a larger digital component that goes into it. Uh, I, I talked about it a little earlier, kind of comparing us to mm-hmm. when, when, you're, when you're dealing with your borrowers and your home buyers, and what does that process look like compared to what they're used to in just regular world events or world interactions and in, in consumer interactions. Uh, so from a training perspective, it's no longer about just understanding how to go through a file process and knowing that you meet with them and take an application. And then maybe you have a system that just shoots 
updates to them when an appraisal comes in or it got to processing, it's underwriting. We have to take it a step further and and you have to kind of use, you know, you've got, for example, pizza places that literally on your app tell you that John just started making your pizza. Sue just put it in the oven and here comes Johnny to deliver it and he's on his way. Well, we have to do something similar, whether it is using technology or using videos. I'm, I'm a very big proponent on videos and that's one of the big training things that we have stepped up on is using videos to train your customers. So, you know, people always ask me, well, what should I be posting as far as content on social media? Things that are of value to your customers and your referral partners and educating them is number one. One of the things we recently just rolled out, we know arms and buy downs are very prevalent. We just mm-hmm. rolled out a video series to educate our clients on that or give them a refresher if they need it. And in turn, you can use that as an education for your referral partners. So right. for me, from a training perspective, it's use video for from an education and to improve your client experience. Uh, it could be, I think Stratmore comes out with a uh, with a study that talked about the increase in net promoter score and overall customer satisfaction if you go over the closing disclosure with them. Well, if you're not able to do it, shoot a video of yourself with their closing disclosure and go through the line items. That way somebody you know can see it. And then if they have questions, they can reach back out, but they're not going in blindly. So you know, to answer in a very long winded way, Pat, I think from a training perspective, it's using the digital tools we have to enhance how we're learning and how we're educating our borrowers and referral partners. Well, I agree with you 100% for sure. And I do think that we have to be more innovative with how training does get delivered for sure. But really all great points. So Ralph, we only have a few minutes left. Is there a couple of takeaways that you'd like to share with our audience today? Yeah, I think from a takeaway perspective, it's really putting a focus and an emphasis on leadership development. I, I know that that was really number one uh, for me and, and, and you, Pat, when we were discussing mm-hmm is really being intentional with your training, uh, not just 100% putting someone in a role and then just continue to have them be a top performer and their team kind of hopefully trails behind. It's being intentional, put that person there, but give them the tools and the resources in order to them be able to go out and help their team become top performers like them. Uh, so I, I would say number that's number one. Number two is think of your experience from a and and this is where training comes in but look to train your team to create a, an experience from a digital perspective that kind of mirrors the expectation of what they are receiving in today's world think amazon google anything else i mean i, I say target because i just think about you know anytime we order target we immediately get updates so that's what our clients expect get your training to go thinking from that perspective be forward thinking we have to not you know, kind of be stuck in the standstill, we've got to look at what's next. And next is getting our industry to elevate to a point where we are, you know, kind of thinking and meeting the expectations of our borrowers the same way that they expect to interact with other consu- other companies in our world. Well, they're great points for sure. I totally agree with you. And I want to thank you, Ralph, for sharing them. And I want to thank everybody for listening today. I certainly appreciate you spending time with us. Thanks again, Ralph. Thank you, Pat, for having me. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. 
If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock at qfsconsulting.com.